Content marketing is critical if you want to have long-term sustainable growth. But just writing some blogs isn't going to do it. I had Skylar Reeves. He's the CEO of Ardent Growth. He came on the show to talk about the metrics that you need and the data that you have to have along with the strategy. Yes, you need a plan to be able to make your content marketing work and it'll have continuous generating of leads. So check this out. You're going to really like it. Welcome to Sastery in the Making, the podcast that features the people who made the software world what it is today and the leaders who are shaping the future of technology. Here's your host, Matt Wallach. That's right. This is Sastery in the Making. I am your host, Matt Wallach, and I am so happy to have you here. Thank you for coming. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And I'm really excited to be joined by my special guest today, Skylar Reeves. Skylar, how you doing? Doing pretty well, Matt. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Skylar's over there in Kentucky, and I really want to tell everybody about you, Skylar. So for those of you who don't know him, Skylar is the founder and CEO of Ardent Growth. This is a content intelligence consultancy that uses business intelligence to develop content marketing strategies for B2B SaaS companies. He's been chief of marketing before. He really understands what it's all about when it comes to generating content, generating leads and and getting people to your product and your solution. So Skylar, once again, thanks for coming on the show. Again, thanks for having me, Matt. Appreciate it. Absolutely. So first, just please tell me what is going on lately for you at Ardent Growth and what's coming up? Yeah, so lately we're constantly iterating on our own software that we developed internally. Um, you know, we, we've always teetered on that, uh, that line between do we want to become a SaaS or do we want to stay a consultancy? And uh, um, for the time being, we're going to stay a consultancy and, uh, and not flip that switch and become a SaaS company ourselves. So constantly iterating on the products, trying to make them better, getting feedback from our own um, clients on, you know, what they would like from it, uh, the intel they'd like from it. And it's, it's the basic focus. Very cool. So why did you get the company started? What was the need that just had to be filled? Yeah, so I mean, my my background was in um, in engineering. I, I worked on algorithms um, in the transportation industry for a while and uh, started hearing about, uh, you know, this algorithm that, that Google's got that no one, uh, you know, could, could crack. And I was like, well, that sounds fun, you know, to try to go tackle that. Um, Got into the world of SEO and content marketing. Um, I've always loved, uh, con- you know, consuming content, and learning, and over time we just evolved. Um, we realized there was a lot of problems that I'm sure everyone else has faced within content marketing when it comes to planning, when it comes to strategy, when it comes to knowing that you're that you don't like not relying on your gut, right? Being able to back things up with data, um, you know, to a point, and. That was the big impetus between us uh, developing the software that we've developed and kind of developing the workflows and strategies that we've um, you know deployed for clients. So just trying to solve Got problems it. that we all have. That's you know I think it's the same for everybody, right? Oh, for sure. I mean, that's absolutely the way to do it is to find a problem, solve it in a really efficient way, in a great way, and make sure that others know about it. So, so content marketing, I think this is super important. And a lot of my clients come to me asking me, Hey, how should we do this? How should we do that? And, you know, I don't always have all the best answers. I do have some understanding of it from my days, but I really want to learn from you. From your perspective, Skylar, why is content marketing so important for B2B SaaS companies? I mean, 
in almost every form of acquisition that you can get for, for your clients, it's about the only one I can think of that you can actually say has, has compounding return over time. Paid acquisition is linear, right? And it just keeps getting more and more expensive. Um, email marketing is effective, but it's not compounding, right? And it's usually driven through either some form of paid acquisition and or um, through some sort of organic channel, whether that's on social or on um, uh, through search. But content itself, whenever you create it and you get it out there on the web, you can get it ranking, right? Over time, the amount of effort you have to put into that, it just begins to, it, the effort can stay the same, but the return compounds. I'm of the opinion that any acquisition channel you can get that's got compounding growth, that's the best one to invest in. So content marketing is the one that does that. Yeah, I think that's genius. A lot of people kind of forget that. They think that, hey, we create a piece, we put it out, and hopefully we get something out of it. And they're only thinking kind of short term, like, hey, in the next week or two, hopefully we get some leads. But you're absolutely right. Like I have a client, they wrote an article five years ago that is still generating a ton of leads for them. People still are coming to their site because of this one article. I have a YouTube channel. Many of you are subscribers. If you haven't subscribed, plug right here. Go subscribe to my YouTube channel. Uh, and we have stuff that was created months ago that suddenly gets a big spike in views for whatever reason. So there's stuff that once you get it out there, I mean, you're getting more and more and more people seeing that, absorbing that, soaking it up and wanting to learn more about what you do. So I completely agree with that. What what are you seeing as some of the most effective pieces of content? What are they like? So I think it depends on your like your constraints. To me the most effective are the ones that actually like drive business impact, right? So whether that's getting, you know, uh, signups, free trials, demos, you know, um, or if you're more of a service-based business or anything like that, then obviously like some sort of consulting call or something, but it's those that are bottom of funnel that actually drive an action or will t bring someone from that, uh, from that free trial over into a paid, um, into a paid plan. So content, whether that's, you know, um, on your blog or, 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 uh, through sales enablement type content where you can, you know, actually close a sale or, like you mentioned on YouTube, um, anything that's that's got this one to many approach that actually addresses a problem that someone has that's very specific to them and uh, not just their problem, but who, but who they are. Right. So sure. a lot of people go after that top of funnel content and that's great. Right. That's, that's fine. But the most impactful content in the beginning is always going to be your bottom of funnel. Right. Um, that's what's going to drive leads. If you go in your analytics. And you sort by sessions, like go look at, at your conversion rates, right? On, on your pages, the ones that are like specific to a buying intent, um, you know, uh, type query, or let's say you're on, um, if you're on YouTube, right? Videos that are specifically addressing a problem for a, a particular, uh, you know, person, whether that's a role title, whatever, those are the ones that are, I think are the most valuable and, and can get you the most return. You can go into middle funnel, top of funnel after that, but yeah, it's anything that's actually going to, you know, advance the overall business strategy because content itself is just a subset of the marketing strategy, right? Which is a subset of the overarching business strategy. And I think um, it's important to not forget that. So. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. I like the idea of going right at a role to figure out who your best persona is and direct content towards them. Because if you're that person, that sounds great to you. You see something like that. You see a piece of content that you're looking for that helps you, that gives you value and it's written directly to you, I mean, that feels like the best possible fit if you have a piece of content, right? Yeah. And it's, and it's not, 
it's not it's not pedestrian either right we're i'm sure we've all you know gone to some blogs you know not to like throw daggers out there at too many companies right but you know you, you can go to hubspot or you can go to pipe drive like phenomenal companies right but they have a lot of top of funnel content you'll read it sometimes and you can just tell that it wasn't written by someone who's really experienced your problems or maybe even really knows the product all that well whereas that bottom of funnel content whenever they're you know the certain things that get said or get talked about it you can tell that the only reason that someone could be able to write this is if they've been in my shoes or they they deeply understand my problems, whether that's a product expert, someone from the sales team, someone from customer support, whatever. Um, you can you can just tell. And as a like as a buyer, right? Like someone who makes that buying decision, that's the kind of content that's going to convince us to do something, not X tips to do, you know, XYZ, right? Like that's we're looking for more strategic or specific problem solving things. So I always think of it like think about like your sales process and you know if you ask your sales team, what type of people do they want to talk to on the phone for sales? It's going to be the people who have the like the like the lowest like close rate, who understand the product, are already ready, right? They're solution aware and problem aware, mm -hmm. right? So you can like dramatically cut down that sales cycle, and that's the people they're going to try to exhaust and go after first, more than you know before they begin to expand out into like a total serviceable market or a total addressable market, right? You should do the same thing with your content as well. You can shorten that sales cycle the same way through content without, and, it, and it's a much more one-to-many approach versus the way sales calls tend to be unless they're like webinar-based, right? Which is one-to-one, -one, so easier, easier to scale. Sure. I think that makes a lot of sense. Direct your content towards somebody who already may be feeling the problems, feeling like they need a solution and try and get them, like you said, bottom of funnel. I love that. So how can business intelligence help develop these content marketing strategies? Yeah, so we, in our whole approach to content marketing, because we focus on like blog, like written long form type content. Um, one of the problems that we ran into consistently was, you know, we we understand that this hub and spoke framework is is pretty important when it comes to ranking, um, especially when you're uh, not an incumbent in in an industry or in a vertical, and. The problem there is when we're doing keyword research at scale to, to try to figure out, okay, what's the editorial calendar need to look like? We were always basing things off of our gut and trying to say, okay, like we're going to group these, you know, 10,000, 20,000, sometimes 50, 100,000 keywords together. Um, you can't do that at scale with, you know, with a, with an in-house team or even with, with an agency. It's just, it's just mm. not possible. Um, and to do it quickly, because there's, you got to factor in op opportunity costs and things like that. So, Business intelligence where you can come in is we take in, we're able to process tons of data and run financial modeling on it. So we're going to take into account things like um, not only the data that we would normally get from um, like the search results, right? But we're also taking into account like, okay, like what's the cost? What's the value of this traffic we're looking at? Internal conversion rates we're looking at, um, you know, uh, what's your lifetime customer value? You're looking at, you know, what's your, what's your, what's your CAC? You can take and blend all that together and then map it out. So like our clustering algorithm will map that out to where we can understand where when you go to approach a strategy like this, that you have your highest impact items with lowest effort first. So then you can model that out and then start to consider internal costs, like what's it cost to actually produce a piece of content? What's and then also opportunity costs too, right? So as opposed to accounting costs, we're looking at economic costs here. Like what's mm -hmm. the cost of not producing it sooner, right? And by modeling all that out, you're able to figure out, okay, what's, 
what's the actual potential ROI look like here? How long is it going to take? You know, what's that timeline to realized ROI versus potential ROI look like? And then you can, when you look at it from a TAM, even though I'd suggest starting at the bottom funnel, if you start with your entire total addressable market, you're then able to figure out and make more decisions about perhaps which verticals or which audience segments that could be lucrative that you didn't even think of prior. So that's where business intelligence comes in. It's just being able to take all this um, at scale from the get go um, and map out a strategy so that you can do it right the first time and not have to, you know, uh, constantly just sort of throw darts in the dark, you know, hoping that your content's going to work. Yeah, absolutely. I love all the detail you just kind of went into that, all the different metrics and things you have to look at. When you're talking with B2B SaaS companies, how many of them are actually doing that stuff and, and following that level of detail? Few. Um, yeah, I wouldn't I mean, think so. I, I mean, the ones yeah. I talk to, they don't yeah. do that. It's, I mean, we're, we're happy if they have like Google Tag Manager set up properly and we're able to track conversions and, and, and that they have like a, a, a firm grasp on what their LTV, what their CAC is, things like that. You know, if, if we've got, those are the metrics that you really need. Uh, I mean, whether you're doing content strategy or really just running your business in general, right? You have to get a um, a, good, a good idea on what those are going to be, and then when you start to factor in internal costs too, that's you have to have a good understanding of what's what's your gross profit versus net profit, things like that. Also, mm-hmm. um, but a lot of times they tend to have decent or ballpark numbers for LTV or CAC, you know, um, because a lot of them are doing paid acquisitions, so they they tend to have better numbers um, on that side of things. And even if they're not perfect, so that's another thing too to think about when you when you approach business intelligence is it doesn't have to be perfect data. Um, and the chase for perfect data is you're, you'll, you'll never get anything done. Um, it has to be directionally accurate. If you can get directionally accurate data, then any improvement you make is going to be better off than in action. And mm-hmm. so um, when you don't know some of those numbers sometimes, I mean, so like, there's a concept called like Fermi decomposition, like things like that. So you can you can do that to try to figure out, you know, um, pretty good um, estimations on what things were, would be. Um, and if you want to get like really advanced, you can go to like Monte Carlo simulations and things like that. We uh, we talk about a bit a bit about that on our blog and like give people some templates on how to run their own Monte Carlo sim, uh, simulations without having to purchase like advanced like software to do it. So very cool. That sounds slick. A uh, quick question: Should should software leaders look at their competitors, and should they should they have a good feel for what they are doing within their marketing, and and if so, how do they do that? Yeah, hundred. They yeah they they definitely need to. Um, not to say that you should copy them. Um, you want to look at them and figure out okay, like how are they positioning themselves? Like are you know. Um, are, to one to figure out are they actually our competitor? You need to understand their product just as well as you understand yours. That's how you're going to be able to, um, through both your content and through your um, whether it's like advertising, blog content, YouTube, or even in your sales conversations. That's how you're actually going to be able to explain why you're better, right? Or or who mm-hmm. you're better for for that for that particular market. So you do you do need to understand what they're doing and what they're promoting and what they see as important to themselves. That'll help you figure out your own positioning. That'll help you figure out how to. Uh, compare yourselves in your content um and that's something you like they all need to do and a lot of them have picked that up um mm-hmm. every now and then we'll still talk to companies who don't want to compare themselves to their competitors uh, they won't have a you know uh, 
um, Asana versus ClickUp page or something like that, which Asana has one, ClickUp has one as well, or they won't have a best software for X category, right? Um, sure. Or they'll try to do that, but they won't list their competitors. And you're not going to rank if you don't talk about your competitors. When people are looking for lists, they're looking for an actual like list of companies to, to evaluate. Interesting. And they don't want to do that sometimes because they think, well, we're going to send you know traffic to our competitors. Well, that conversation was going to have was going to happen, whether mm-hmm. you participated in it or not. Um, so definitely understand what they're doing. Look at what they're doing, um, whether that's from SEO or or um, uh, you know on YouTube or, or everything else. But again, you want to take it with a grain of salt and, and make sure that you're not just copying what they're doing, thinking that it's right because it it may not actually be working for them well at all. You know, so. Um, I think maybe looking at engagement, looking at what's uh, how the community, how people react to it that aren't at that company, you know, how the how the uh, your your target customers would react to that type of content. That's how you can get a gauge on whether or not that might be a good idea for you to do as well. Got it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think it's super important as well. What would you say are some of the biggest mistakes these SaaS companies are making when they're trying to do their content marketing? What what are some things that they miss? I would say the biggest that I'm seeing currently, there's two really. One is either just not having a strategy, um, confusing strategy for planning or confusing planning for tactics. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's a big one is, is just not really knowing in, in advance like what they're going to do. Now, that doesn't mean strategies can't change, which, you, you know, the strategy is the overarching idea. But so either not having a strategy, a content strategy that aligns with the business strategy or um, the other big one is when they actually are executing content. The content is not like deep and unique enough. Um, and it's very, it's very bland. It, it doesn't do anything for the brand. It doesn't do anything to help you stand out against, you know, pr- mm. uh, prospective buyers. It's, uh, like I've mentioned earlier, it's very, um, it's very pedestrian. It's not, uh, um, you know, when you go read a piece of content about say, CRM software or something like that, right? Like if you're the buyer, you don't need, like we've seen this happen over and over again on this, on the, on these content pieces where they'll say like, what is a CRM? Right. Or, or something like that. And it's like the person who's buying that software doesn't need to be told what a CRM is, right? Like they understand that they've been doing this for two decades, probably, you know? Sure. So I think that's a big part of it is they're, they're working with um, either they don't have enough resources internally in their content team or, um, or they're working with a lot of freelancers or contractors and they're not giving them enough direction or enough exposure to product experts, sales, um, uh, SDRs, you know, customer service reps, things like that internally to help inform that content. It's um, a lot of the content just feels like it's been more or less just uh, like people have just Googled stuff and just assembled it together over time. So. Yeah, I, I've seen that as well. There's definitely not a lot of thought or effort that goes into it. It's more of just like, hey, we just grab some stuff and put it together. But you're right. When I see a piece that you can tell has been well-researched, you can tell has data behind it, you can tell that they know what they're talking about, that's super powerful. I mean, that's just amazing. And it, it has the benefit, too, of when you do bring in, say, product experts, sales name, but that doesn't mean that they're writing it, right? Like a good writer can interview these people and create that content. But when you bring them in and they're providing their input, it's extremely unique. Mm-hmm. It's very on point, right? And it's a it, it makes it where you set your content up um, just to organically be product led, 
And so you kind of get to kill two birds with one stone there where you have unique, rich content that's also positioning your product as the solution much better than what a freelance writer who isn't intimately aware with your product and your customers and the problems that it solves for would be able to assemble on their own. That makes a lot of sense. Well, what advice would you give to new software founders and uh, early stage software leaders who are getting things going? Find a really good person to manage to manage content operations. Um, figure out, um, you know, define your business strategy. Uh, uh, don't pay attention to traffic. Pay attention to uh, conversions, right? To things that actually have have business impact. Um, don't fall down the fallacy of uh, you know, we'll convert them through email. I mean, if you do the math there, like it's it's still much easier just to convert them, you know, right then and there on the blog if you can. But um, so hire a good person, get them in place um, and make sure that any writers that are creating that content are um, having conversations with the founder. If you're small, if you're a startup, um, if you're writing the content, you know, you'd be surprised sometimes you're often you can write two or three pieces sometimes as a founder or um you know, as a, as a CTO or something like that, who like those pieces can, can convert well for a very long time and can also do wonders for your actual like brand and like your identity. Mm -hmm. So yeah, just don't, uh, don't just throw content at the wall to see what sticks. Don't just come up with these like, like kind of a broad general, general level ideas, write the content that would have converted you prior to you deciding to go make this thing that you've created. Right. Because you had oh, a problem more than likely whenever you went to make this, you just ask yourself, what kind of content would have caused me uh, to be like, yes, this is my solution. And that's what's going to work for you, I think, best from the from the beginning. That is absolutely great advice, Skylar. And I really appreciate you coming on the show, sharing all of this knowledge with us. This has been fantastic. I've really appreciated understanding more about what we should be doing, content marketing, what SaaS companies should be doing. I want to make sure that people can get in touch with you if needed. So how shall our audience learn more about you and Arden Growth? Uh, you can go to our website. It's ardengrowth.com. Um, I'm on Twitter, being underscore Skylar, S-K-Y-L-E-R. Um, or you can search Skylar Reeves on LinkedIn. Um, those are about the only two platforms um, I'm on any with any regularity. Or if you're, any, if you're in any private Slack communities, um, I'm probably more active on them than anywhere else. If you're into content, you want to learn more about content, a friend of mine, Jimmy Daly, runs a community called Superpath. It's free, free to join. Go check it out. If you've got a content team, they can learn a lot from Superpath as well. Um, there's a lot of B2B um, uh, content marketers, heads of content um, in there. So um, check us out there and you can hit me up in there too. Okay, perfect. We'll make sure we put all that in the show notes. And that uh, if you're on the YouTube, you'll see it in the description as well. But Skylar, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, Matt. Absolutely. And everybody else, thanks for watching. We really appreciate it. Make sure you are subscribed. Hit the subscribe button. That's going to make sure you get notified of any new amazing creators, advisors, innovators like Skylar. So you'll know about all the new cool stuff coming out and you'll make sure you get all those learnings as well. So go ahead and do that. And if you enjoyed this, please like and give us a rating and we will see you next time. Take care. Bye-bye.